You are listening to an Awkward Human podcast. For more information on this podcast or all of our shows, visit awkwardhuman.com slash shows. The podcast, ooh na na. You're listening to my podcast, ooh na na. It's Richard. That's me. I'm Richard. The dog is clack, clack, clacking around the room. If you hear that, I'm sorry. Um, oh, sorry. Hey, it's it's interview with the comic book nerd. That's this podcast you're listening to right now. I'm Richard. Did I introduce myself already? I think I did. It's Richard Cardenas. Yay, it's me. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a long time. Um, I know I'm a day late, a buck short on this podcast, but, uh, you know, shit happens. Um, but welcome back. I'm happy to be here. I hope you're happy to be here. Hey, everyone. How are you guys doing? I feel like it's been forever. It really has because it's been like over two weeks, right? All right. Um, let's just get into it because there's a lot to talk about. Um, the first thing I actually want to talk about is uh, news before I get into the recap. So there's just a few things that I want to talk about. Just There are th- three things on my things to talk about today. So the first thing is going to be the Tomb Raider trailer. So that just dropped a few days ago. Um, here are my thoughts. Uh, I'm excited for this film. Uh, I was hoping that Camila Luddington... Camila Luddington would get the role since she does the voice acting and the motion capture for the games. But, you know, that's okay. Alicia Vikander is a very talented actress, and I'm excited to see her in an action film. Um, I don't know that I have seen her in an action film yet, but I'm excited to see her in this. So, you know, still great casting. I like her. Uh, The trailer, however, I am a little underwhelmed. Um... It looks like it's loosely based on the new games. They use the game's character design and uh, they kind of like use it as her first adventure type of thing, like her origins and stuff. Um, That's about it. I don't know what the movie will be, but the trailer makes her father out to be kind of like the reason that she's going out on this adventure. Like if it weren't for him urging her to do this, maybe she wouldn't. I don't know. Um, The game, she is, you know, with a team of people trying to discover an island that people have never seen. It's like they're following this myth. um, And she has more of her own agency in the game than it seems like this movie is giving her. Um, But, you know, it's just the trailer. I haven't played Rise of the Tomb Raider yet, so maybe I don't know much about it and I am speaking out of my ass. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I mean, I'll see the movie regardless because I do love the series and I love the previous movies. I love Angelina Jolie as uh, Lara. But um, yeah, I mean, the funny thing that came out of the marketing was the poster. I don't know if any of you saw the news around it, but basically they photoshopped her neck and it looked like very weird because she's, you know, posing where her back is facing the camera and she's got her head turned, you know, trying to look at the camera. And I think they try to give her more face than she was able to maybe in that pose and so they kind of like stretched out her neck (laughs) and did this weird stuff with it um and like of course the the internet got a hold and was like okay we gotta mess with this and they did a lot of (laughs) weird stuff with the photo and it was lovely so if you can if you haven't checked it out google that and then google i don't know what you would type in it was all over twitter but google something like uh uh, Tomb Raider Photoshop movie poster. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure it'll pop up. Um, anyway, 
what are your impressions of the trailer? Uh, are you excited about it? Um, I, like I said, I am excited for the film, but I'm just keeping it low key for now because like I said, I was very underwhelmed by the trailer. So maybe future trailers will be different. Maybe they will tell a different story. Sometimes that happens with movies and then, you know, it ends up being not what the first trailer was. So yes, I'm still holding out. Um, I am excited. I'm going to see it regardless of what, you know, the trailer ends up looking like whatever the uh, movie ends up being. I will see it regardless. But yeah, how do you guys feel about this trailer? Let me know on the website. Okay, the next thing that I want to talk about is Phoenix. Oh, God, I can't talk, you guys. Phoenix Resurrection. Okay, so OG Jean Grey is coming back. I don't know anything other than that, but I am super excited I love me some Jean Grey. Uh, let's see if Darren's wishes come true and she ends up being pregnant with Logan's baby. <laughs> that, uh, I don't know if we discussed that on the main episode or if we discussed it in his bonus episode. By the way, you guys, I've been recording bonus episodes and just haven't been posting them because there's no time. Um, but uh, his and and Ryan's, I definitely do want to put out there because they were silly and ridiculous. Um, but that'll come later. Uh yeah, so that's Phoenix Resurrection. I am super excited about that. Thank you, Marvel. That plus uh, 1 billion BC Avengers, like, fucking yes, please. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm so down. I'm here for it. Uh, all right, so that's it on the comic books front. Well, you know, for now, uh, with news. Uh, that's it for them. What I did want to talk about is why it's been taking me forever uh, not forever, but why I've, I've decided to stretch out the episode releases. Um, now it's two weeks instead of every week. Uh, so here's why. Basically, um, I have been working on a web series uh, that I have created, and it is called Cocktail Movie Recap. It's basically drunk people recapping movies. Every episode will have a cocktail specially made to pair with the movie that we're recapping. We even give you the ingredients and there will be like another separate video that you can click within the first video that gives you like step-by-step -step instructions on how to make the drink, you know, whether you're going to like muddle the, 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 you know, fruits and vegetables or whatever is going to be in it. Uh, you know, if you're going to use strainers, if you're going to, you know, do it over ice or if you're just going to, you know, whatever the the process is for making the drink. Like we're going to have separate video that shows you exactly how to make each drink that is featured in the recap videos. Um, also, what's exciting is that you'll recognize some of the people from the podcast that have been on here. Uh, so I've got, you know, John and Lindsay Bring. Um, you don't know Lindsay quite yet, but you will know her at the end of by the end of this episode because she's in this one. But you'll have John and Lindsay Bring on it. Mark Waters from our very first episode talking about Black Canary. He's going to be on it. There's going to be many other people on it that have not been on this podcast, but who are very cool nonetheless. Um, nonetheless, nonetheless, nonetheless. Now I don't even know how it's pronounced. <laughs> anyway, um, this is the biggest project that I've ever worked on. I put a lot of work into it, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Tears literally because I'm just a big baby. <laughs> but I, I did a lot of the work myself. I, you know, I did all the editing for it. Uh, or most of the editing, like 90% of the editing is mine. Um, I did the filming of it and everything. I I did it all uh, except for 
each individual person getting drunk and recapping movies. That was all them. But uh, I will be featured on the very first episode that I release. Um, so hopefully you guys will enjoy that. Uh, but yeah, it's been an exhausting process. <laughs> and hopefully people will enjoy it. But yeah, we're going to be you know, recapping movies like Batman, My Bloody Valentine, Never Been Kissed, and so many more. And it premieres on YouTube on Monday, September 25th, you guys. So the Monday after this episode is released, you guys will be able to check that out. I don't know what time it's going up. I'm thinking the evening because it's like, you know, perfect to watch a a, a, a video about being drunk <laughs> in the evening. Um, so... Yeah, be on the lookout for that. Again, it's called Cocktail Movie Recap. This is my baby, people. I've, uh, I've, I'm excited that it's coming out. So, uh, yeah, but that's enough of that. I'll remind you again at the end of the episode. <laughs> that's enough of that for now. Let's get into the comic book recap. Um, so this week I made it a point to read something that was very brand new to me. I didn't want to do something from like DC or Marvel because I've done so much of that recently. Uh, so I went to Image. Um, the, the comic book that I'm reading this week is going to be Rat Queens number one. So this is, ooh, sorry. Uh, this is written by Curtis J. Weeb. Weeb? I don't know. Uh, Weeb. Let's say Weeb. I like that. This is written by Curtis J. Weeb. And the art is by Rock Upchurch. Um, the letter is by Ed Brisson. Brisson? Bryson. <laughs> Jeez, guys. And uh, edited by Laura Tavishati. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to me. Okay, let's get into the, the story. All right, so this is Rat Queens. Um, we open up and it looks like there's kind of like a town hall meeting and they're kind of discussing how the town's kind of going to shit right now. Uh, shit's happening in the town and they don't really like it. So they're trying to figure out like, what can we do about the shit going down to how do we fix this? And then there's like, oh, by the way, if you guys don't know, Rat Queens is kind of like a D&D &D comic, like Dun Dungeons and Dragons, like it's elves and stuff like that, dwarves and and all the mystical stuff that you would have in, um, in or not mystical, but fantasy stuff that you would have in D&D &D or in like a Lord of the Rings type of type of thing. Uh, but it's not people playing D&D. &D. It's just like the world of D&D &D and these people go on like quests and stuff. It's so far, I've only read the first issue, um, which we're recapping now. But anyway, so let's get back into it. So, uh, yeah, they're all trying to like discuss like, what are we doing? Like, how do we how do we fix this situation that we're in? We don't know quite exactly what that situation is, but how do we fix this situation? So um, the guy running the the meeting is like, OK, well, I think you all know who's the, to blame. And then all of a sudden, this like elf crashes through the window and the next panel shows the Rat Queens. Now we've got Betty, Hannah, D, and Violet. Betty is kind of like this uh, dwarf gnome mix or something. I don't know exactly what she is. Uh, Hannah is like a fighter type. She's um, tall and 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 fit, I guess. D looks like she's a warlock, but I think she deals mostly with like necromancy. I could be wrong. I'll read further. Um, and Violet is your warrior type uh, character. So yeah, we have the warrior. I'm sorry. We have the, the team together and they're the ones who pushed this elf through the window and basically all around them, there are a bunch of bloodied, knocked out people. 
and they're just like in battle stance. So that's the introduction to the Rat Queens. Um, later, we see them in the jail, and one of the 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 guys, the guards, who's like taking them down there is like, okay, you guys are super annoying, and last time we told you guys not to do this anymore, you said you wouldn't, and then here we are again. So what is happening? Why do you guys keep doing this? And so he's like, all right, so basically you have one choice and that is take this quest and we forget the whole thing happened or you guys will be locked in this dungeon forever. And they're like, do we have to? And he's like, yes, you have, you have no choice. So, um, he's like, all right, I'm assigning people shit to do. And there are other groups of people in this jail cell as well. And so he's like rat Queens, uh, you guys are going to clear out goblins out of like this, Hindman cave, Hindman, Hindman, Hindman. I don't know the cave. There's a cave that you guys got to hike up to, and there are some goblins in there, and you've got to clear those goblins out. Then there's a group called Peaches. <laughs> he tells them basically that there's like a band, um, there's a camp of bandits, and they need to go basically like take care of them. And they're super excited because they're like, cool, we get loot too. Sure, let's do it. Then there's the four Daves and all four of these men are named Dave. And uh, they have to go deal with the restless dead at the uh, Palisade Cemetery. So that's their job. And then they have the br brother ponies. Um, they all have ponytails. So yeah, um, they have to go slay the one-armed ogre that's at Mulch Hill. And then there's the Obsidian Darkness. And they are all like, it looks like they're elves. And they're all dressed in these like black outfits with black uh, hoods and stuff. And they have to go clean the bathroom at the winding pass, uh, pass barracks. So basically, they just got to go clean some people's shit up. And so then the, the rat queens are like, well, this is stupid. I don't like hiking. I don't want to go up there. But I guess this is something that we have to do. So we're going to go do it. Um, and they end up heading out. They're outside and they run into the peaches and the peaches are kind of like making fun of them because they're like haha you have to go up into the mountains and you know like fight a bunch of goblins and we get a bunch of loot and so we kind of get the dynamic that these are like a rival team so far and um hannah is not having any of it she like flips them off she's basically saying like i give no fucks except for this one that i'm giving you right here with my finger so i love hannah so far um later on they're sitting around they're kind of like discussing why do we have to do this we just went up there we cleared the goblins out now they're there again like what the fuck and they're like you know what let's just go we're gonna do it you know whatever this is the way we get to stay in the town and not get into trouble let's go kill some goblins then we go uh to see the darkness or the obsidian darkness they're going into the bathrooms and like cleaning up and stuff and somehow one of them gets killed. He's He gets like sla double slashed in the face. And the next panel is some guy dressed in all black. He's got these red eyes. He's got double swords. And he's got like, I don't know, black wraps around him. He looks kind of like a samurai, but not really. Um, so yeah, this, this Darkness Obsidian character just got slashed the fuck up. Um, then we cut back to the Rat Queens. They're sitting around they're you know they're heading up to the the cave and they're they take a break they want to have a dinner break and so they sit down and we kind of get to learn a little bit about them d the 
necromancer-ish type person that I said before. She's like a she she deals with magic, I guess. Um, we learned that she kind of grew up in a cult that worshipped like a squid <laughs> or something. I don't really know what that's about. Um, but yeah, so she worshipped a squid. Uh, and Betty, she is in charge of all the food, and she's like. Hey guys, I've got this food stuff taken care of. She brings out a bag and it turns out it's just all candy. And so they're like, what the fuck are we supposed to do with all this candy? Um, later, while they're, you know, eating their candy, um, Hannah gets a call on a rock. And it turns out that I guess it's like her parents or something. They gave her a rock and Dee's like, oh, I wish I had a rock. <laughs> it's it's cute. So after she gets off the phone with her parents or off the rock, the relic with her parents, they end up at the cave. And so they send Betty in to like kind of scope out what's going on, make sure there aren't any traps or anything. And Betty finds the assassin that killed one of the members of the Darkness Obsidian. So he's there and apparently he's there to kill them as well. Um, so the team kind of like assemble and they start getting to it. There's a fight that happens between them. And actually, you know what? Hannah might be the one with magic because I don't see Dee doing any magic so far. But Hannah has been doing magic. Um, anyway, so they're fighting. They're fighting. They're, this graph, this book is uh, violent. Um, there is a lot of blood in it, which I like. I am all for. So, yay. Um, anyway, so they're still fighting. Hannah kind of does this, uh, like, move where she shoots blades they look like ice blades but i think they're energy blades she shoots them right out of out of her fingers straight at him and he also has power he's able to like bring these tentacle things out of the earth and like they grab onto the ladies and violet goes in and she cuts the tentacles and then the they all kind of band together and they're like, hey, guess what? You lost because Violet also actually like slashed at him. So he's kind of bleeding. He's not doing so hot. And Hannah's like, hey, it's over, Dick Cheese. She calls him Dick Cheese. Like, gross. <laughs> but awesome. So she's like, hey, it's over. And he's like, you know what? I may have failed. And when the shadow of the order descends, no place will be safe. We are the voice of death. We will never be cyber. Goes the weasel. Yes, that's right. A giant hammer comes. I said that's right as if you know. A giant hammer comes smashing down on this assassin, and his blood and guts get splashed everywhere on the on the rat queens everywhere. And the last panel, there's like a giant ass giant ogre thing. I don't know what you would call it, but it's huge. And they're like, oh, shit, this is not OK. And that's how the issue ends. Um, I would give this issue a five out of five. It's it's actually pretty cool. I really like it. I love fantasy stuff. Um, I love the concept of d and I've only ever played it once uh, in my whole life. So I don't I'm I don't know it like all that well, but I really really love the concept of it and and kind of like the fantasy stuff of it, Lord of the Rings type of stuff, you know, all that. I love that. So I finally I've been seeing this book around, and it did come out maybe a few years ago, but I've been seeing the book around, and I'm like, you know, or I have I was like I need to pick this up, and I finally just decided to do it because it was actually. It is on Comixology right now. It's one of the if you have the Comixology Unlimited 
uh, subscription. It's one of the ones that you can borrow for free, the first trade uh, of that. So that's what I did. I got it. I'm really happy that I did. And I'm going to continue reading it. And I'm sure I'll finish it before the next volume is out of Comixology Unlimited. So I'll be purchasing that one. Um, yeah, five out of five. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, let's see. The dog is uh, stretching and annoyed with me right now. So I'm going to go ahead and kick this off to the interview. So you guys, this interview is with the creators slash creative team of Penguins versus Possums. Now, this is John Bring, Lindsay Bring, and Sebastian Kadlesic. And we've had John Bring on before, and he's talked about this comic book that he's had. He didn't go into detail, but we talk a lot about it in this one. We kind of talk about you know, what got them into comics and how they, you know, became what they are and everything. We go into a lot of really fun stuff. This is a great conversation. I had a lot of fun having this conversation with them. So um, here it is. This is the creators of Penguins versus Opossums. Um, all right, we're here. Okay, let's do it. Yay. 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 All right, so Woo! everyone listening at home um i've got three really cool people in my room right now these are the creators of penguins versus possums hello guys welcome hi Hi. that's all of them at the same time (laughs) all right so we're gonna do like a round robin introduce yourself okay starting from my left hi i'm john bring i am Lindsay calhoun bring (laughs) i am sebastian kedlechik yay okay so i asked you guys to be here because you guys have this awesome comic book that's out there um, and I want to get the word out and also so Thank that you. you guys can tell me all about it and, and all about you guys. Um, before we get into the comic book itself, I do want to get a little bit of who you guys are. Um, so Lindsay, I don't even, I, I mean, John and Lindsay, I've known for quite a while now, yes. uh, Sebastian, I've run into from time to time, uh, at some parties and stuff, but you don't read comics, do you, Lindsay? I do, and I so I'm like an <laughs> on and off, right? So I find something that I really like. Like I read Saga, okay, but I'm not, um, I'm not the OG fanboy. Like I haven't been reading X Men in my room <laughs> since I was 12 years old. Uh-huh. Weirdo. I read them in high school. And I fell in love with a couple. I, I've always uh, been more enamored with the more sort of like indie comics, like the Sagas of the World. Uh-huh. Um, like, uh, mouse was sort of my gateway drug into comics. Mouse? Uh, have you heard of this? No. <laughs> uh, it's this great comic, actually. John's laughing at me because we talked about it on this our was, first This was something date. we discussed on our very, not even on our first date. The first time we ever, like, had a lengthy conversation, we talked about mouse. So I'm very, like, I, uh, I have, like, a so deep personality, like, at home. Like, <laughs> so deep. A so deep. Like, all of my, like, John calls all of my music crying in the shower music. And, like, <laughs> if I, if a John comes home, he's always watching me. If I'm alone, I'm watching a movie about someone dying of cancer. <laughs> so Absolutely I, true. So I look for these in, like, my reads as well. <clears throat> so, like, my high school, like, comic book experience was this mouse, which was basically the depiction of, the Holocaust, oh hilarious, uh, with Nazis depicted as cats and Jewish people depicted as mice. And it was a very smart and I thought very interesting. And I was like, oh, comics, the best. So I have not been a traditional comic uh-huh. lover as far as like superheroes. But I do, I'm a thousand percent like on board with all fucking Marvel movies and shows. Uh-huh. Like I'm the ultimate poser and this sort of thing. Because like the Harry Potter. 
right? I'm like the biggest Harry Potter fan in the world, but like nobody knows I haven't read the books. Wow. <laughs> nobody but, but all my listeners know. Oh, oh, man. Man. oh no. No, they know. JK. <laughs> I would have never guessed that. I've gotten wow. called out, but I, I'm getting better. But I, at the same time, I still like love what we're doing and love the medium of comic books. Uh-huh. And our comic fits in so perfectly with what I like. It's a little more yeah. indie and weird and out there and serious and funny and... It, uh, and also it has a short issue run of only eight issues, which is something mm. that I look for in the comics. But they're long I mean. issues. <laughs> they're long issues. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, John. Yes. How 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 did how were you born? Tell us about that. Uh, well, <laughs> depths it was of at St. John's Baptist <laughs> Hospital in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> Florida. So, how did, how did your your love of comics come to be? Uh, the first comic I got was, I believe, Amazing Spider-Man two forty seven. It was the first appearance of the villain Cardiac. Cardiac. Not, yeah, a cardiac. Uh, <laughs> okay. Who did not have a long run. And I think he's still around, but he did not have a long run in the comics. But uh, I'm pretty sure that it was my dad and I went to a gas station and I'd watched like, you know, Super Friends and I'd watched Spider Man and his amazing friends and a lot of cartoons, but I hadn't read the books yet. And I bought like a handful of comics. I bought that Spider Man issue, which was really what like got me into comics. I bought an issue of Superman. And an issue of, I believe, the X Men. So uh, from there, it was just it was pure obsession. Like mm-hmm. I read that Spider Man comic probably 150 times <laughs> before I even got around to getting my next to getting up the next issue, which completed the Cardiac story. It was a two. It was a huge two issue arc. Um, but a crossover event? Uh, no, no, <laughs> nope. Just just Cardiac, just Spider Man kicking Cardiac's ass. Uh, but no, it was um, that was sort of the beginning of it, and I think I was about eleven around that time. Mm-hmm. And by the time I was twelve, me and my best friend Darren were already uh, were drawing, were copying the drawings, like looking at the drawings from the comic book, particularly those of Tom McFarlane, Eric Larson, and Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee, basically all the guys who would go on to create Image Comics, mm-hmm. and we'd sort of copy their styles and try to figure out how to draw. And before we knew it, we were creating our own comics. We had a comic whole universe called mainframe comics uh that we kept up i mean i was drawing mainframe comics characters a couple weeks ago and sending darren pictures <laughs> just to be like oh what would they where would they be now so mainframe um, is your creation yes mine and darren's yeah <laughs> nice. so that was like our universe and i know seb's got a similar story but uh we created that and you know um Huge, huge nerd uh, throughout high school. This is before like being a nerd was okay. Obviously, I, I, I want to. I want. I'm sorry. I would like to touch on mainframe a little. bit. Oh sure, yeah. <laughs> no, there's some more there. There's oh yes, more. I would love to answer um, all of your questions. Um, describe to me your either your favorite character or the best character in your opinion, or are they all your babies? I mean, they're kind of all <laughs> our babies. Uh, like our very first uh, comic was called Today's Guardians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their their slogan was "Ghosts of the Past, oh. Spirits of the Future, Come Together to Form Today's Guardians." What? And so it was it was basically one guy, this guy uh, Chris Hunter, who was at the center of it. He was a uh, he was blind, but he could also time travel. He was blind, but he could see because his time travel powers allowed him to see one second into the future. Oh, so he basically sense. wasn't blind. He was just like on a slight delay. Um, so he had delayed vision. Right, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but or preemptive. He, yeah, yeah, preemptive, precognitive, but very slightly <laughs> precognitive. But uh, but was so, it a continual one second? So basically, he could see. It was just like essentially, he was yeah, off by one second. <laughs> yeah, and he also, oh yeah, because he was eighty issues. Uh, it, 
it went. It was the longest running. Uh, I think we made it to like issue eleven or something oh, like that. Okay. So we didn't get super because we like very quickly we did the first issue of today's Guardians and then got way too like we just exploded and started doing a million different books and they got really bad. But uh, yeah, he had his, he um, he lived in Atlanta, Georgia. The whole team was because we're Darren Absolutely. and I are from uh, Georgia, so they were in Atlanta. But he was Irish. He's from Ireland. We never actually depicted him as Irish, but he was from Ireland. And in his, his you didn't write in his, his accent. No, no, no. His family's potato farm. He had gotten into a horrible oh accident God. where he lost. That's where he lost his vision, and he lost both of his hands. So he he had robot. What does he do? <laughs> so he, he had, walks around knowing exactly had what's like, about to happen. Like he had these weird like metal nubs, but then they could transform into blades. And they could also transform into robot hands. Sure. So, like, he had no vision, but he could see into the future. He had no hands, but he had robot hands. Uh, And he had a friend. uh, My character, that was Darren's character. My character was named Psychopath. Okay. Kane Quinones. And he was was a Mexican mutant. Uh uh, And his power, he wore, like, a hockey mask like Jason, but had this really raging, like, ponytail that went off the top of his head. Uh-huh. Top of and his head ponytail. He, he could fly <laughs> like a like the character Cannonball from the comics. He like uh. his, his legs basically exploded and that propelled him. And he had the power to create weapons from his mind. So he would just like always like create shotguns and stuff. And because Darren and I didn't really bother to like learn the fundamentals of drawing, we never. And this is something Seb and I will come up later in uh, in Penguins versus Possums. We never learned to draw hands all that well. So eventually we just made it to where like he turned his hands into shotguns. So all we had to do was just draw two barrels of shotguns or like or a rocket launcher. So Afterface, oh, Chris Hunter's, uh, his superhero name, which I was going to avoid, but it, it was Afterface. But it was, Afterface. I don't know what it means. And Psychopath, we basically got away with not never drawing and hands. And they were heroes? Yeah, they were heroes. Okay. Um, almost every single one of our first issues, we had like maybe six issue ones, six or seven. Everyone pretty much started with like a hot dog vendor getting robbed uh, by a young kid and the hero stopping it. So that was... Were there were a lot of hot dog vendors in Atlanta? I don't know. <laughs> I there we certainly didn't... weren't any in Valdosta no. where you were living at the time. <laughs> we, I think we just like, we assumed Atlanta was exactly like New the York? New York City of 80s film and television. <laughs> like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, Teenage Mutant, like there were hot dog vendors Batman, on every corner. Yeah. And crime was just rampant. Yeah. So that was that was mainframe. Nice, yeah. nice. Uh, Sebastian, let's get into your origin story. Oh man, how to follow that? Uh, uh, I was born in Hayward, California. Oh. Uh, I'm from the Bay Area. Um, I got into comics. Similar story to John. I got into comics very early. I actually somehow, I guess because of probably the Christopher Reeve Superman, um, I was a really big fan of Superman. So people started buying me comics very early on as a as a little kid. And um, so even before I could really read, I had comic books to look at, primarily Superman. And then as I got a little bit older, I always loved to draw as well. And as I got a little bit older, um, I started collecting comic books. And uh, I would go to the 7-Eleven or the gas station or um, eventually brick and mortar comic book shops. But, uh, before I knew that those existed, it was really just about finding comics wherever you could, whether that was the grocery store or, or, uh, or Goodwill or wherever you could find. I definitely got a lot of comics from the grocery store. Now that you mentioned that. Yeah. They had like a whole, like in their magazine section and Mm -hmm. stuff. And, 
and they had spinner racks back then and stuff. Uh, it was a whole nother time, kids. <laughs> oh, pop pop shop. A quarter would get you a. Oh, Mr. McGee. Used to... <laughs> Always blows my mind because growing up, I never noticed comic book, comic books in yeah. in my grocery stores mm-hmm. or anything. And then recently, I had someone tell me like, "Oh yeah, they still sell like Archie comics and stuff." And I was like, yeah. "That's a lie. That's a complete fucking lie." <laughs> and I went to the uh, I went to the grocery store to Bonds and. And there it was. And oh, yeah. Like, what you, you like overlook world? it because it's kind of like usually mixed in with all the like M- National Enquirer. And it's like uh-huh. Arch- Archie Digest is right there. <laughs> yeah. But that's anyhow. crazy. Yeah. Um, but when I found out about actual comic book shops and I would look them up in the yellow pages, um, <laughs> I, it was like it changed my life. I was like, there's a whole place devoted to comic books. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in like third, definitely by third and fourth grade, uh, my friends and I were trading comic books and we'd go to the library and get comic books. And uh, by then I was also drawing my own and like stapling them together and um, creating universes, as John said, with a couple of my buddies. And um, we would trade those. Some, sometimes we would trade those for real comic books, which is pretty cool, too. Oh, wow. Um, you would go to, like, a comic book store? No, 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 no. With my <laughs> friends. School. With my friends, oh, okay. yeah. Oh. People at school. I can't believe you, like, gave them up. I, yeah, like, I know. Yeah, now I wish I had. I wish I hadn't now, but the when you could give your, like, t- I was drawing them all the time. So I just had this, like, surplus of comics that I had drawn. And if people were like, oh, well, you can have these three Batman comics if I can have your comic that you drew. I was like, yeah, sure. I don't have to pay for comic books now. I can just take them. Now I wish I would have kept every single one of them. I do have a lot of comics that I drew from when I was in like third and fourth mm-hmm. grade, which is awesome. I still look through them and and remember those simpler times. I have read <laughs> so a lot nice. of these comics. And uh, whereas mine and Darren's were, as you could tell by my description, nonsense. <laughs> Seb's were like really good. Yeah, like, I was gonna say you should talk about some of your original characters. Yeah, so, uh, we have mainframe. Yeah. Mainframe versus what was, uh, your comic book universe called? Uh, originally, mine by myself was called K Comics, the Ooh. first initial of my last name, and then my friend Josh had a uh, his were called Shorty Comics, and when we started crossing uh-huh. universes it was shorty k comics but yeah my my uh comic book characters were primarily like street level characters they're dealing with stuff john stuff was a lot more uh sort of like dealt with universe and stuff and mine dealt pretty much with whatever would happen uh, on the street or uh in an alley or um <laughs> sort of more daredevil batman level stuff and um yeah, I, I loved them. I had a character. My main characters were the Crusher and Blue Jay. And the, the Crusher was this huge. It was basically the Hulk. Oh. <laughs> but it was um, this huge Italian uh, that had gone through these um, these experiments. And he was, uh, depending on what point in the, in the continuity, he either would change accidentally, would change at will, or could only be the 10-foot giant. Um, but he was probably my favorite guy and he was, I just loved that big sort of hulking character. And then I had another character named Blue Jay who was sort of a mix between Batman, the Punisher, and I guess some Daredevil and And Jean-Claude. And Jean-Claude. Yeah, you can't leave that out. (laughs) That dude did splits every issue. (laughs) He was pretty much like, it, it was sort of an he was the size of Arnold Schwarzenegger, but with the uh, athleticism of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Huge, huge action movie fan when I was younger uh-huh. in the 80s and younger. 90s. 
It's still yeah. and still yeah. today, uh, and still today. But definitely, when I was uh, in the eighties and nineties, uh, at the peak of eighties um, machismo action films, um, I uh, I was a huge fan, and I'd incorporate all that stuff into my comic books as well. Like people either looked like Schwarzenegger, Stallone, or Van Damme. Uh, Blue Jay was definitely yeah. doing those Van Damme splits yeah. every chance and he got. Crusher was basically Stallone basically, on yeah. more steroids. Yes. Yeah. So were you drawing like, splits across like trash cans and stuff? Like how? What, where do, were these splits happening? Every, everywhere possible. <laughs> where like, were they, they were, happening? They were happening like would he be just on like a building ledge doing the splits? Aww. He'd be kicking two guys at once. I think my favorite splits. was, yeah, the kicking, a lot of kicking two guys at once for the split. But like, you know, one one guy for each foot. He did get them both. Amazing yeah, thighs. No, yeah. were they like perfectly linear or were they like also upward? Like how good were these splits? They were perfect. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> just like Jean-Claude. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Go to the film Time Cop. Uh, one of Jean-Claude's finest splits. Yes. Uh, where he's in a kitchen fight and it's like, a combination of split slash also butt in the moonlight shot, yeah. uh, of which moonlight. of, yeah. of which he was of which he was famous for both. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a combo of the two at the end of the fight in the kitchen towards the beginning of the film, uh, and you get the best split. And it's just yeah, perfect. Like you could take a fucking ruler and see like a perfect vertical split, like or horizontal like line on his split. It's great. <laughs> so, uh, Lindsay, yeah. did you? have any kind of like similar like were you writing your own stories or anything like that i was i was i was like writing my way out of my hometown uh-huh. like how am i gonna get out of here I, I did write stories a lot i wrote a lot of short stories and i wrote plays mm. when i was a kid and i remember too i was very as obsessed with uh, these guys with comics at that time i think was me and maybe you guys too but was me with television and mm-hmm. movies I was definitely very sort of latchkey, like, TV's on, I'm going oh, yeah. out. And so <laughs> I would stay up, like, my babysitter, I didn't have a nanny or a babysitter, I had the television. Uh-huh. So I was, like, obsessed with Tales from the Crypt, so I remember Ooh. writing, like, ta- my own Tales from the Crypt stories and what those would be like, and then awesome. I also, at the time, I remember I became obsessed with, because the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, I want to say, came out in 91? No, it was in the 90s. Uh, 92? A bit later. I think it was actually, like, 93, if you can believe that. Really? I feel like it was a little bit so. later. I feel like it was I feel like it was like a 92 or something and then because the show came out in 97 and I feel like there was a little space between. But yeah, maybe it was later. You're right. because uh, Oh felt- yeah, no, you're right. 92. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good job. I remember so I remember when it came out, we um I, I lived at my grandmother's house and we could steal cable from the neighbors and we oh. had this like box we would steal cable. But uh Buffy would come on all the time on HBO and I was so obsessed with it. And I'd like to give myself credit. I was the first one to think it would make a great show. <laughs> and I would get the name. Not, not uh, Joss Whedon. Not Joss who wrote the movie. Uh-huh. It's like his baby. But like I, <laughs> me, I like put it out there. Ask, believe, receive style. Because I put, <laughs> that's a secret, baby. The I put secret. like the neighborhood kids together and I would make everybody. I would always got to be Buffy. Because like course. my fantasy, uh-huh. right? So I get to be Buffy and then I would like assign everybody the roles of like vampire or whatever. And then we would like play that through the week. So I always kind of had like a storytelling. In a like, serialized a form. Very serialized. Yeah. We pick up I feel bad for the off. kid that had to play the overdramatic peewee vampire. Oh yeah. The Paul Rubens vampire. <laughs> I created oh, my own. If, if you're a fan of the movie like I am, he's fucking dead at the end of the movie. I picked up where the movie left off. Oh. So, so you're basically like Merrick's making out. the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. I created Buffy the Vampire Slayer the TV series. It was very successful. Now, did you, did uh, Joss Whedon draw any similarities to your stories? 
Stole it all. Stole the whole thing. Any anything? I just that probably you every was episode familiar? that I oh, watched okay. was the exact same uh, that we as children <laughs> play on the east side of Savannah, breaking bottles on our bikes. Um, no, absolutely not. I was a fucking child. I didn't know what I was doing. But I definitely did. I just like fell in love with like storytelling, and that's what gameplay. I remember being for me was like, well, let's like. Why are we going to f- play fucking like a hopscotch or whatever? There's a perfectly good television show I just watched. We should just play something like that. Right. Yeah. For me, it was Power Rangers. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God, Richard. I have to tell you this. I went, I went, I was in a Power Rangers club. I was obsessed with the Power Rangers as well. I was in a Power Rangers club uh-huh. at school that I started. And, but for that reason, I wanted to be the Pink Ranger. And they went and fucking let me because there was a girl who was like cuter than me at the time in elementary school. So I had to be Trini. I was real upset about it. Uh, it was fine. Now I like, appreciate Trini for who Trini she Trini had a cooler Zord, though. Trini, Trini was like cooler, I think, overall. But it's like at the time. I, I wouldn't say like, that, but she had a cooler Zord. Okay, well, but Lindsay. Richard. Please, please understand my struggle. Tell me your struggle. Because as a little kid, I wanted to be the Pink Ranger. Yeah, overall, Richard. <laughs> okay, but. I knew this one bitch who uh, actually did gymnastics. Fuck her. So when she uh, no. was around, it's guess like, no, who got to be the fucking pink the fucking ranger? Gym, the fucking, the fucking gym gymnast. elementary gymnast. Were you right. stuck in? Were you, stuck, you were stuck being Billy, weren't you? Uh, I would either, yes, either Billy or the Red Ranger. Jason. I didn't care about the Red Ranger. No, of course not. Oh, you know what? Tommy. I'd who be the cares? one I'd want to be. <laughs> but we wanted to be Kimberly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, That's sorry. This isn't about me. She was, was the a... cool valley girl. Yeah, like, she, she was. She was the cutest. Everybody wanted to fuck Kimberly. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. I had like a big a crush player. on Kimberly. Uh-huh. I didn't even watch it, but I, I wanted that. <laughs> like, yeah. Who wants to fuck Trini? And I was like, I can't live my life unfuckable. Well, she's dead now. Rest in peace. But yeah. I mean, I should have just appreciated but, uh, her when I had Kimberly, her. But Kimberly, like, even in her age uh, as she is now, she mm-hmm. still looks really she good. She looks She's basically the same. She looks the same, except she just made a cameo. maybe older. She That's did. That's true. Yeah. In the Richard, new movie? Yeah, Richard yeah. let John and I, to speak to your love of Power Rangers, Richard <laughs> insisted that John and I borrow the Power Rangers mm-hmm. movie. I loved it. And after I watched it, I was like, why aren't they, like, doing, like, this would be a great show. <laughs> uh, I hate to tell you this, Lindsay. They've done Power Rangers consecutively I know, I know. since 1993 or whatever they do. You know what I loved? And I feel like we're getting so off topic. Like the Power no, Rangers. no, this is so fine. <laughs> but the last thing on Power Rangers. Yes. I am so upset that they didn't make all the money they wanted to make because they were planning like six more movies. Oh, man. And I would have been all in. I, I would have been down was... for some Lord Zed and for some oh, Dragon yeah. Zord. That would have been fun. Did you see it? No, I didn't see I it. I thought it was great, and I feel like you should watch it. And here's what my take and on it I was. can totally let you borrow my copy. I have no <laughs> We just gave it, it back yeah. to Richard. I'll, I'll check it out. I really loved it. I thought it felt very much like they took sort of a more adult spin mm-hmm. on it, and it felt like The Breakfast Club meets Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah for Because sure. they were very much set up, like, this is the brain, this is, like, the fucking criminal. This, like, <laughs> but it was very, like, Breakfast Clubby, very, like, uh, meeting your friends for the first time. Mm-hmm. We don't know each other, wrong side of the tracks, like, coming together. And I just thought it was very well done and i liked everybody in it was it. fun yeah Super there fun. um you probably didn't but i watched the deleted scenes on the on the blu-ray oh we did yeah. not watch them they, okay so like you know the fight with uh rita and trini yes. in her bedroom mm-hmm. oh so i know trini they Spoiler okay so alert. they filmed a version that was very <laughs> sexualized well yeah <laughs> where, where like rita's licking her face yeah. and stuff like i that. remember that from the trailer actually i feel like yeah, that, they that cut shot it out. Of that, yeah yeah they cut it out and it was like super like whoa but then 
There's also a scene with Kimberly and Jason, like, nearly about to fuck on his bed. I wish. And they cut nice. that out, too. So I was like, I don't know if I would have liked it in there. But I don't know. Mm. But it's there for yeah. your enjoyment yeah. if you need it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's get back to the topic at hand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So, um, in what what did you, did you guys ever, okay. Let me collect my thoughts. Yes. Um, Power Rangers was big. <laughs> I know. It totally, I'm like only thinking about Rangers We have Rangers more now. to say on Power uh, Rangers. <laughs> okay, so Penguins vs. Possums is, uh-huh. the, is the comic book that you guys wrote. It's over now, right? Yes. yes. Okay, so any uh, was there a book that you guys were doing prior to this? Any individually, like not your, <laughs> your at-home drawings, but like did you guys get to work on anything prior to this or was this like your first... Thing. This was uh, our first like official mm-hmm. published thing. Mm-hmm. I was, um, I believe, at the time Sebastian and I met working on a TV show, um, uh, like one season long uh, multicam show, and we were introduced by a mutual friend who said, like, just basically said to each other, "Oh, you're gonna like him. He likes comics and he likes to draw." Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, like, "Bullshit!" Whenever <laughs> our friend told us that, but Sebastian sat right next to me, and we sure enough hit it off very quickly. Um, we did a, uh, I guess you could call it a web comic, but it was sort of just something that we did for our office called Epic, mm-hmm. which, uh, started as just kind of a jokey, he, we would, we would draw comics of ourselves on post-it notes fighting each other. So it would be me versus him. And I had a big whiteboard, uh, behind me at, and at my desk <clears throat> that nothing went on. I usually just did a drawing or something up on it, but we started putting, post-it notes on the whiteboard and just like the what started out as just kind of like funny like Sebastian draws himself punching me I drew Sebastian in a in a death trap and then he would draw like how he'd get out of the death trap and then I would draw how I would reverse that (laughs) his reversal and so it was just like a basically a drawing exercise it was all improvised yeah Yeah. we would never tell each other at a time basically but like before you knew it we sort of like like unspoken started turning it into an actual story yeah um, where we were fighting for a long time and we covered the entire board uh, with post-it notes. And this is like a huge board. It's probably like six feet long by like four feet tall. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a lot of post-it notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we we ended up doing that three times over. We would, wow. we did, yeah. So we over would do what it. period Over, time? I don't know, probably a couple, few months, maybe yeah. four or five months. It was one season. It was like yeah. part of a season. Yeah. So. I mean, <laughs> so we were doing like a bunch every day. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I think my job was pretty easy. My jobs tend to be easy, but that one was another uh, example of just an easy one where I had time to doodle. And these were post-it notes, so they didn't have to yeah. be huge, extravagant drawings. Got way over budget on post-its. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, like, what is happening to all the post-it notes? Like, word would travel through the crew, and people would come upstairs to, to catch up on the story, and I would, like, very animatedly, like, tell everyone, like, and then this happens, and then this happens. Uh, so eventually we kind of put that online as a webcomic. Mm. Um, just like every panel was a different post-it note. We would put it up and my brother helped me set up a website. Um, is, does that still exist? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I think I we think stopped it paying expired. for it. Oh, yeah, it yeah. expired. Yeah, it was called epicwebcomic.com, um, which is a bummer that it's gone. If you go to our Penguins vs. Possums um, Facebook page, mm-hmm. though, I think some of our old epic drawings are like... Oh, nice. uh, if you go to like, like the that. very bottom of our photos. Yeah, there's some yeah. photos of the post-its. Yeah. Like. But... Um, after a while, we uh, we did that, and I think uh, Sebastian was the one. I can hand it off to you, but uh, Sebastian was the one that had actually signed up for an artist alley table at a comic book convention. Yeah, I had. Um, we had been drawing 
a bit by that point, but I had uh, been trying to do this Long Beach Comic Con because uh, another friend had told me about it and, and said it was cool. And I'd always gone to comic book conventions as a kid and I wanted the opportunity to be on the other side of the table. So I was just going to sell drawings and stuff like that. And since John and I had been doing all this artwork together, I was like, hey, man. And I'd seen we shared our portfolios as well of stuff we'd drawn. And I was like, hey, I have this table already. Do you want to split it with me? And we can both sit at the table and sell our artwork, mm-hmm. hopefully, or, uh, you know, at least have the experience. And uh, he said yes. And then at a certain point, we started talking about, hey, wouldn't it be cool to have a comic book for real? Yeah. And uh, we kicked around a few different ideas um, and ultimately landed on Penguins versus Possums. <laughs> because actually the Penguins versus Possums had factored into Epic yeah. as we were doing it. Um, again, as Sebastian said, he had shown me like his portfolio of stuff. And one of the items that he'd shown me was a website, an old website he had done called Penguins versus Possums, which was for a, a college class. And it just showed this like fake history of this penguin, this hidden penguin and possum war. Mm-hmm. He had a particular possum character with like spikes on his head and and Oakley sunglasses. And he would take like real photos and then like superimpose a penguin, like old school Photoshop, like Microsoft Paint, yeah. <laughs> um, like draw a penguin over it. And uh, and I just thought it was funny. So in Epic Web Comic, um, there's a portion of the the series where we both die. And we go to a coliseum in purgatory, and the coliseum you have to fight for your survival, and it's run by Chuck Norris. It's run by Chuck Norris, <laughs> um, and I and I think Sebastian just like left it open for me to pick up pick up who we were fighting. Yeah. And one of the things I wanted to draw as a funny joke just to make him laugh was the penguin, a badass penguin. And through us doing that, I was just like, man, I love drawing this penguin, which is kind of what eventually evolved into us doing the book. Yeah. yeah, we had done, it was, we went through a lot of post-it notes because we had done <laughs> Epic and yeah, we, part of the whole fun of doing that post-it sort of war or post-it improv was setting up something for the next person of like, how are they going to get out of this or what are they going to do yeah. with this? Some sort of prompt, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I had just left that. We had already been in the uh, Purgatory Coliseum run by Chuck Norris and it was like, you must fight. And then it was, I, I just left it open to see who he would come up with and it was Blanca. It was Blanca from Street Fighter, the Shredder, <laughs> the Shredder, and basically who would uh, the Penguin that would end up being the main character of our yeah. series, Shao. It was just badass, but penguin he, yeah, he didn't have a name or anything like yeah. that. Uh, yeah, and it was. I thought it was hilarious because it was. It was the design was like the penguins I had drawn before. It was the spiked head and the the glasses and stuff, and I just thought it was hilarious and. We had fun drawing it, and John had a lot of fun drawing it. Yeah. And it was like, what do you? And so we actually did a, a Penguins versus Possums version of that too, where it was a web comic or a post-it war of uh, penguins versus possums. But it went all these crazy directions uh, because there were no rules. And so when we decided to do a real comic book that was going to get printed up and everything, it was time to take it seriously and do it like mm-hmm. a real comic book, set up rules, set up a, a universe. And that was the that was what I originally loved about Penguins versus Possums was it's all the stuff that I at the time and that we three collectively mm-hmm. really love, which is stuff like um, things leading to the end of the world, like mm-hmm. Armageddon, uh, secrets hidden throughout time, and you need but look for the clues, uh, stuff that's sort of part Indiana Jones, part Star Wars, all the things that we prophecy, uh, the prophecy, chosen one, exactly. yeah, yeah, all the that hero's stuff, journey, the hero's journey, all that stuff was was part of it, and and luckily it's stuff that all three of us really 
is part of our DNA. Mm -hmm. And so it was very uh, fun at that to, to even consider the idea of doing a real comic book about that idea. And it, man, it was, it's <laughs> funny. We were just talking today about like old drawings and stuff and original concept art. I'm, I'm sort of uh, nostalgic for it already, even though it was, you know, we just finished the eighth issue yeah. and the and the trade came out earlier this year. And it's funny. I'm like already like, Oh, good times. Good times. <laughs> yeah. A little, <laughs> little misty eyed about yes. the whole thing. Yeah. So I, I, I want to go back just a little bit. How to mainframe comics. <laughs> no, we will definitely do that again. Uh, that's its own episode. Oh, yeah. in comics. Um, no, but when you, uh, as a student, were yeah. were creating this, you know, Penguins versus Comic, I mean, Penguins versus Possums world. Yeah. What? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> why, why was it Penguins? Why was it po uh, Possums? Like, what happened there? <laughs> um, yeah, that question is uh, certainly uh, makes sense. Get that a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, it was for this. This <laughs> it was for this class called Art in the Digital Age, and um, the the assignment was to do a website, which I believe told a story, and that was really the only parameters. And the teacher of the class, I had previously done stuff that incorporated a lot of my drawings because I like to draw and that teacher also liked to draw so he and he was an artist himself and so he really encouraged me he was like for your final I you should do as much art in it as possible like include as much of that um and that was really the only prompt and I I I really I wish I had like a uh you know I was spoken to on this <laughs> mountaintop but I I did occasionally have um possums in my backyard even though I was in the Bay Area, we had possums in our, we had a bunch of trees in the back and they'd always be hanging from the trees looking like demons <laughs> and uh, or scurrying across the fence or either playing dead or being dead uh, in our <laughs> rocks. Um, so I think that was kind of running through my head. I also, uh, the penguin character goes back even farther to high school. I had always been drawing this penguin character uh, by like my junior year of high school that was based on a very specific type of person in the 90s, which was sort of, Loud and obnoxious with sort of spiked, highlighted hair like and Oakley Matthew sunglasses. Lillard, basically. Yes, basically. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes. That, wow. That, Nobody's actually that, put it, the yeah. finger on it as well as that. Yeah, I I've never even thought. There was something very Matthew Lillard about just like the Oakleys and like yes. just like your yeah. original. Drawings. I mean, I'm gonna just like just just saying. I mean, I had all of that it's spiky, frosted hair, Oakley sunglasses. Oh, I was right there, 1999, class of 99, y'all. Um, so I, I, I mean, the Matthew Lillard, Matthew Lillard thing is perfect. That's um, but but yeah, it was that sort of it was based off of that, like always. And I, in, in my opinion, like sort of obnoxious and always squawking was how I, I saw it. And so I just came up with this Penguin Prince character that that looked like that. And um, in in college, when that assignment came, I always liked I liked assignments like that that were so open because I've also always been a storyteller and I've always loved just running with things. And mm -hmm. I wanted to to bring that assignment to the class and have them laugh and have them go, what the hell is this? <laughs> Which they did. And have the teacher be like, wow, you really went above and beyond what I even asked from you. Like I, I have always loved world building and storytelling as well. So it kind of started spinning from that. Um, I really liked the idea of two species that would normally have nothing to do with one another fighting each other for dominion over the earth that's ridiculous and that's what i love about it the alliteration works really well penguins uh -huh. and it just rolls off the tongue <laughs> rolls right off the tongue uh 
syllable wise penguins versus possums they even all have the inflection on the first syllable <laughs> everything just came together uh as if it were from on high <laughs> um but it also at the crux of it is a very much a star wars story it is very much the empire versus the rebellion and that's where i drew a lot of inspiration uh even in the beginning is mm -hmm. the sort of outmatched and it, and it was very clear when we started the comic book we played it more down the middle where it was like, oh, you know, we want you to try and like, you can side with whichever side you want. There's light and dark on both sides. But in the original version, the penguins were very much the empire mm -hmm. and the possums were very much the rebellion or the alliance. And it, I liked the idea of that because people normally don't like possums. People usually do mm -hmm. like penguins. And there's just something really fun about that. And of course... They had to have Uzis because it was the 90s. <laughs> yeah. right? then it was the 2000s, but still, I was raised in the 90s. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so then you guys decided you're going to create this comic, and you call in Lindsay Calhoun Bring. We do. Well, uh, <laughs> Seb and I, uh, it started out with us because only because yeah, we you guys had, started it. we uh, sort of broke the basic premise and idea. I mean, mostly Seb had done most of the legwork on that. But we sat at uh, Big Wang's in North Hollywood one night um, and got uh, drank a few beers. It was at the end of that the season of that show. Where? I think it was like a sort of like uh, ending, uh, like sort of celebrating the, getting through that show. And uh, and also this idea of like, oh, let's do a comic together. And uh, yeah, we basically broke the first issue just like in very rough terms. Yeah, super rough. Um, we learned from that later. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I uh, I drew most of it. Uh, Seb sort of was a pinch hitter for a few pages. Um, again, I had a job that was like super tons of free time and I had my own office so nobody was bothering me. Uh, so we did most of it and we got to the point where um, I did the lettering of the very first issue and Seb, uh, thank goodness, took over doing lettering for the rest of the series and would eventually re-letter it. I was not great at it, but anyhow, so through lettering it, it was sort of like first time ever sitting down and like writing a comic. Mm -hmm. So I think Seb and I like kind of went back and forth with a couple different versions and I brought Lindsay in. I was like, hey, can you read this? Because I knew she wasn't like super into comics or anything like that, but she came in and basically like added so much to it. And I mean, you could talk a little bit more about it, but you know, you ca she came in and sort of like, helped us shape the care like the voices of everybody mm -hmm. and the characters and add levity to it and add a lot of stuff that was missing. It was a very like earnest, straight-faced <laughs> story when it started and Lindsay sort of unlocked and obviously it had a lot of inherent humor, but Lindsay sort of unlocked like humor in the voices and the dialogue and stuff. Well, thanks. I mean, it was all three of us. I think I think we all three sort of tackled it from that episodic, from like TV writers, right? Because we're all also we're writers. And I think looking at it as like, uh, what is the season and what is the series and what are the twists and turns and let's spend some time to really develop these characters. And the thing that we've always said about it, which I think rings true, is that it's a ridiculous concept that we take 100% seriously. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of hope that that shines through. But we we wanted to make it serious. We wanted there. We always wanted there to be a clear winner. We always wanted there to be a clear loser, which is a hard pill to swallow. Did you always know <clears throat> know what that was going to be? Yeah, we, we knew. Did. Yeah, we knew from the beginning. We knew from the beginning how the last like we had ideas of a few final images. Mm -hmm. which never changed. No, we, we, I'm so shocked. We, I was thinking about that actually uh, when thinking about doing this podcast with you. I was thinking about sort of our process and how 
that final image has remained the final image from yeah. the from 2011 from 2010 10, yeah 2010 we, we when we really started talking about it um we knew where we were going and so it was sort of just like how are we going to get there and how are we going to make this surprising and interesting and and lose people along the way yeah <laughs> i mean the interesting thing is when we started it we because we had no idea what we were doing and we mm-hmm. were just making it up all as we went um we had no idea it would go past issue one. So yeah. if you read issue one, it's pretty self-contained. I mean, like, it leaves it open for new possibilities, but, like, it reads as its own story. Um, you could read that one issue and be satisfied and never look at it, never get another issue again. I don't please re- buy the rest. I don't recommend <laughs> it. <laughs> but uh, we didn't know that we were going to continue, certainly not for eight issues. And then when we realized we wanted to do an issue two, um, I know I, because I'm a huge fan of Watchmen, which is 12 issues, mm-hmm. I was like, we got to oh, do yeah. 12. we got to do 12. Uh, <laughs> Sebastian. And because I'm a huge Sebastian fan of reality. Lindsay, right? yeah. Yeah. Seb and I were like, is there going to be enough story? I think, I think the three of us have always worked very well together yeah. as far as um, I have to give Seb all the props in the world because John and I, in the past, had tried doing a collaboration for something like a short, like a movie with another person. Mm-hmm. And the three of us, we didn't get along as creatively as, as Seb and John and I do. And I think he was very intimidated by working with a couple mm. and felt very much that, oh, it's two against one, it's two against one. And also that made it made the whole situation awkward because you feel like anything you say, even if you're, mm. you're trying to help the project, you're being seen as like, oh, I'm teaming up. And there was never, ever a sense of that. So, And I think, I think it ended up uh, not meaning to be, but uh, Seb and I, I think, would end up being on the same page more so yeah. than John and I. Most but of the would, time. But it would switch off. But I feel like the balance was so great because sometimes <clears throat> Seb and John were on a different page than I was, and it would rotate. And so, but all three voices were always heard, and there was never any weirdness about that ever. And it just helped with our stories getting to where they needed to be. But Seb and I, from the beginning, were like, well... We're like, we're going to let John think this because yeah. he really loves Watchmen. But 12 just, it's so yeah, much no, story. It's a lot. We, it's we'd so be doing it for another 10 and... years. And I was eventually like, fine, we'll do 10. And then you guys were like, how about eight? And I was like, what's fine. Like, what's, I mean, I don't want to keep harping on like television, but it's like when you watch a TV show, right? And you're like, uh, I only needed like eight of these 23 right, episodes. All those others are fillers that yeah. don't filler. contribute. Yeah. I don't need it. I really just want to get to the thing that's important. And I think that we, the three of us, did a good job of making sure that each issue, I don't think there's a filler issue. Each issue has like a very important piece that moves the, that moves the chest forward forward. A yeah, bit. totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's no, there's good. no filler. There's no fat on it at all. And it's also, uh, I think that's so important is, is keeping that, uh, storytelling and that narrative tight and also it's a lot of work to do comic <laughs> oh, yeah. books and I mean that was a, another one of uh, our concerns is like to not be like 80 years old and finally doing <laughs> issue 12 and be like we did it and we hate our lives I have to shout out to these guys again because I, I'm sure like their lives would have been so much easier if I could draw and I am not an artist uh, or a letterer and so these guys are doing so much work. And when it started, too, we were sort of uh, joking. We'd made, like, a video from our issue, two coming out forever ago. And uh, in the video, we're seeing, like, Seb and John actually drawing on paper. Yeah. Because <laughs> when this thing started, it was like, well, you draw on paper. We don't have, like, monitors. And now towards the end, it's like, well, you guys had monitors. Yeah, we went all digital we, by the end. We went totally digital. Uh, I think seamlessly because the issues, the art, like, stays totally the same. Yeah. Uh, but that, I know, was a time saver for you guys because if you make a mistake on fucking paper, well, there goes all of that work that I did, you know, if I can't master erasing that. and uh, yeah. Or if I have to duplicate something, right? Like, our our final panel 
of being a trillion uh, members of the... Well, am I giving away anything? Well, I don't know. I think there are a lot of... There is a panel with a lot of people and a lot of animals in it, and that's something that I always was stressed about for you guys to draw from from 2010. Because I was thinking that panel and that page is going to take so long to draw, but like... And with, it did. And it did still, but with modern with technology, it's like, well, that's going to like help things move along yeah. and... Yeah. Just interesting to see how like how things just grew across time. I yeah. Guess, in your opinion. And oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna go back. I mean, just because I don't know how many more of these podcasts the three of us have left. I know. But um, I just wanted to go back to something that that Lindsay said as far as giving me props. Like I think definitely props to this team yeah. as far as getting everything done and working really well together. I never felt like um, I was odd man out or anything. Like it, it definitely always felt like a super creative, supportive team. Uh, I loved that all three of us, the, everybody's voice was heard. Uh, and I'm just, yeah, I'll, that's something I'll really cherish forever is being able to work so well together to get this monumental thing done. Yeah, Me and too. I think in the five years that we were working on this book, uh, I mean, sh- certainly we had like, we disagreed on story points here and there. Uh, it, was always a, it was always the third person yeah. would be the deciding person. And I know I... I tend to go big and I lost a lot of story points along the way uh, wisely to these guys. But um, I can say we did not argue once in five years between the three of us. No, because we respect and love each other. I mean, that's part of us as part of our personalities. But yeah, Yeah. what you were saying, we... We respect each other and love each other. I think for me too, I felt like you totally called me out for it, right? Like I'm so not like this guy. Like I haven't been reading comics since I was five. Who the fuck am I to even be jumping in on this? We go to these cons and I'm sort of like, like, what am I doing here? You know what I mean? But I'm here because I love the story and we wrote it all together and we did it all together. And uh, I was always treated equally and yeah, always felt very like respected yeah. and supported. And I think we just treated each other with love and care. And, and we always said too, what was important to us. And I think this remained was because um, I know with some people when you're when you're starting something new, any project, right, a movie, a comic, whatever, it's like, what what's everyone going to want? Like, what's the thing? What's the thing that's going to, like, sell? Like, what what do people love? What do people right. like? Do I give them, like, zombies now? Do I give them this now? What is it? <laughs> and so we always said, like, at the end of the day, if this thing is printed and we just leave with each of us having a copy of it in our hands, then we need to make sure it's something that we love yeah. and that we want to read and that we're proud of. So if we always make it something that the three of us love and are happy with, then we hope that other people will love it too. And we have gotten that response back. So no matter what, we are so proud of it and happy with it and had the best time making it and sharing it with people. And that's been the best part of it. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. Oh, there's nothing dramatic. Yeah, pals. I know. How how did it feel finishing and seeing it for the first time? Uh, do you mean like the first issue or seeing the just the final completion? Issue? The, the, the completion of the oh man, it hasn't sunk in yet. Honestly, we haven't gotten our our copies from mm. our publisher yet, or I haven't. I think, Seb, you have them, yeah. maybe. To, to their credit, they did give them to us. I, I haven't <laughs> given them to them yet. Um, okay, well, then Seb not you guys. Seb. <laughs> How did you feel? <laughs> I, I haven't even opened the box. I just got them a few days ago, and I haven't even cracked that box open yet. It's. I think part of it is me, like, not wanting to it's in so some way. Yeah. It's kind of surreal, even um, doing this podcast and... Obviously, I was super happy to do it because you're a good friend and everything. But I was like, man, I like part of me was like, oh, I thought I was done. Um, <laughs> but I'm happy to do it. And it's just it's fun to talk about. And 
now I'm starting to get like all choked up about it because it's like, oh, wow, this, like Seb said, I mean, who knows? This might be the last podcast we do about penguins versus possums. But and if uh, it is, then we will have gone out on a high note. Oh, of course. (laughs) But I mean, we we went to we did a convention in Vegas. We sold we've it's not like I haven't seen the book. We sold it. We sold more copies than we've ever sold at any con, any single con. Great experience. So much fun. So much fun blast together it was just the three of us unfortunately we went to Cracker Barrel the CSI experience <laughs> yeah, it, we was oh it was Seb's birthday weekend it was it was that awesome the, the one in the Treasure Island uh, no it was, uh, it was in, in MGM oh, wait. MGM Grand MGM, MGM that's right yeah it's I right highly next recommend to the... <laughs> I don't highly recommend it, but it was fun for us. I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. But no, I mean, we we had a great experience with that. And um, yeah, it still hasn't quite hit me that it's done. I mean, I I feel an immense amount of pride um, over the story. And I can't, and it's just the fact that so many comics, um, especially when you start to meet other people in the indie comic scene and it's everybody's, you know, scrapping and trying to put everything together, putting everything together themselves and usually paying out of pocket and um, everything like that. But nine times out of 10, stories don't get finished. Mm-hmm. Like people yeah. don't have the luxury of finishing their own stories because like, how can you unless you're going to put out a single issue? Um, we had a dream of doing this 12, then 10, then eight. <laughs> uh, no, they, we had a dream of doing eight issues. We knew how we wanted it to end. Uh, and by God, we did it, and <laughs> yeah. just how we wanted to on our uh, all on our own. Uh, I mean, we, we we definitely have uh, we have publishers, uh, fan base press, and uh, they were a they were a big help, and it, it definitely like they came in right at the middle midpoint. Uh, they came in yeah, and after issue four and self published the first four, and they helped us publish our first uh, our first trade paperback all the way to the end, and uh, that was certainly a boon, and you know their help was measurable. Uh, to get this thing to the finish line, but um, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's like you fin- you're done. I don't know. It's but like, we did what we wanted. Any epic that's journey what is. The, I think that's what the best part was. was yeah, we did what yeah, we wanted, exactly. and we're all proud of it. And it yeah, turned out, we think it turned out really well. <laughs> yeah. Um, this may be way too soon to ask, mm. but do you guys foresee any future collaborations, either continuing PvP or a brand new project or anything like that? Can I mean, people expect anything from this. We team? always, <laughs> yeah, we're always talking about like what we're gonna do next. Um, Sebastian and I are uh, currently teamed up as TV writers, so mm-hmm. you might see uh, bringing Kedlechik on your screen, yeah. uh, hopefully in the next year or so. Yeah. Um, writing for TV. I mean, Lindsay's a TV writer also. Um, so I mean, we'll always like. I feel like we'll always talk about what we're gonna do. Maybe a comic one day. Well, Seb has a project right now that's amazing called Quince that you would, I think you oh, would yeah, in particular you would love, love it. Uh, I feel like what I'm, is, what is Quince? You, say I'm a Quince. You should pitch it. It's, it's so great, especially because we love our like Buffy and our superpowers. I'm pitching your story. <laughs> no, please. You're doing great. You're doing great. Scroll Lupe. Uh-huh. She turns 15, obviously. Does she correct? have a quinceanera? She has a quinceanera. Yes. And she has superpowers on, at her, on her 15th birthday, but she'll only have them for a year. It's a 15-issue arc, oh. and so it's really all about, like, what's she going to do with her powers and the time that she has them, and I think that it's super fucking great. The art's great. Giuseppe created it. The writing's great. It's just it's awesome. We're really excited about Is, can it. Can people Excellent. see that now, or are you still yeah. working on it? Or? Yeah, it will, we, uh, it's, it's done, but it's being released. The way that we did it is it's being released uh, digitally first, uh-huh. so on the 15th of every month, uh, the next issue comes out on Comixology. Nice. Um, and we're up through, I think, issue 10 on Comixology so far. Okay. Uh, we did 
a sort of summer special where two came out uh, mm -hmm. per month. And then, uh, so digitally, it'll go through December. It's literally a, like the year of her life. Ooh. And I'm definitely the, checking that out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the uh, the printed trade comes out in October. So if you if you prefer reading things digitally, uh, it is available to buy at kinseycomic.com, um, and it'll collect all 15 issues into a trade paperback. Uh, but I, yeah, you would. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, anyone would love it. I <laughs> dare anyone to read it and not be enchanted by it. It I, is enchanting. That is I, like, I actually, yeah, I read the first two issues. I bought them on Comixology. I started yep. reading them, and Seb had sent me the very, very first issue a while back to just be like, "Hey, I'm working on this," um, and I love it so much that I am actually holding off That's because I, I want to read it all together in October. I've only read the two as well. And then I thought I was like, I haven't like mentioned it to Seb. Am I being a bad friend? Cause I'm not reading them oh, as no, they're coming out, but I really do want the, I really do want the trade. And so we're yeah. sort of waiting for the trade. To I'm going to buy that trade for everybody I know. Cause I feel like everyone should read it. <laughs> Seriously. Thanks guys. It's that good. It's really great. Aww. We want to yeah. do uh we're trying to talk Seb into also part of this, uh, our journey together. The fun of it has been doing conventions together mm -hmm. and doing tables together. And selling our books and just having a fun, ridiculous time. And even though PvP was done, I think we were trying to convince Seth, like, can we do a Kinsey table just to, like, do it? <laughs> yeah, just roll time. Yeah, yeah, why not? Fun. <laughs> um, okay, so I know we didn't talk about logistics. We're, like, at the end now. But I know we didn't talk about logistics. But do you guys have any, like, advice or anything for anyone that might be wanting to start their own comic or get a group of people together or whatever? Like, what would you say to them now that you guys have done it and experienced it? Yes. I have, a, I have a piece of advice that I'm sure you guys will each have your piece, but uh, my thing is uh, embrace the thing that you want to make and make it because I have a lot of people that will ask us like, oh, well, I want to get this made into a movie, but I was told that I should make a comic book first and that's the thing. And that's great, you know, If you, but I always think if you want to make a movie, write a really good movie script, but if you want to make a comic and that can become something later, then great, but really focus on the thing that it is. So whatever the creative pursuit is, make it that, put your energy in that, be happy with it and make sure that it, it fulfills your needs before worrying about the thing that it could turn into. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I think that that just, that'll just color the project that you're working on in a way that it might not come out in such a way that you're too worried about making other people happy mm -hmm. or too worried about it becoming a Transformers franchise. When that may, <laughs> that may not happen. I hope that it does. <laughs> but at the, like, again, at the end of the day, if you can leave with this thing that you made and say, I'm proud of this, I have this to show people, it like shows my personality and my storytelling and my art, uh, then that's the best that you can do. Mm -hmm. 100% agree. I think it, it along those lines, like the, it being an ends in and of itself rather than a means to an end. And I mm -hmm. think that can exactly. really shine through um, if you do treat it with that respect and embrace that that style of storytelling because it is different if you're doing a comic book versus if you're doing a movie or if you're doing a TV show or you're doing a play or whatever. And I, I'm really just echo, echoing what Lindsay said, but I completely agree with that, is it, to do that thing to its fullest and, mm -hmm. and to really... Along those lines, too, if you do have this idea and there's something that's especially if it won't go away. And I think that's that's when you know it's a really a, a good idea and an yes. idea that means something to you and that should be told is if it stays nagging at you and you need to tell that story. And if you have a story like that, that's the one for you to tell. You should tell it. Absolutely. And I think that a great thing about comic books is you have a lot of options as far as keeping your budget low mm -hmm. you can do it by your if you if you know how to draw or you know how to write you can definitely start it by yourself uh, you can find people that you 
want to collaborate with uh, mm -hmm. as we did here. But I think it's something that is attainable and getting to the finish line is attainable. Set yourself a realistic goal. But I think that if you have this story that you feel you need to tell, 100% do it, at least try it. And I think you'll be happy and satisfied with however far you get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I and I mean, these are words that Lindsay's have heard a lot, me, me say a lot to a lot of different people, but a words, good words to live by is nothing to it but to do it. Yeah. That's what uh, <laughs> I wasn't in football, but my high school coach, Coach uh, Hyder, um, was the one who always said that. And I'm sure not the only coach that said that, but nothing to it but to do it. Just meaning like, don't talk about it, you know, just like sit down. And if you have the story, the, the Internet allows you to find anybody. If, if there's a skill you're missing or if you're an artist in search of a story, you can find a story. You have a story, but you need an artist. You can find an artist. Um, and yeah, just get it done. And don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of like getting it done, putting it out there into the world. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's the thing. Fear keeps people from doing a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And like, sure, when we put out Penguin versus Possums, number one, I was horrified to put it out there and to sell it to people because we even had it for four dollars at our first convention and we were like oh, should we should we sell it for three and we could have sold it for four easily but we decided because we were scared Very that nervous. nobody would want to do it um so we sold it for three dollars and um and I, you know i mean don't necessarily don't do that like be you know it's your work you put your heart and soul into it and you know just uh put be it out there it. Yeah. yeah be proud of it because yeah, we got a lot of we get a lot of people come by our table and they see three people, scrappy people who put together a book <laughs> together and have finished a book and they're wanting to know our advice. And, you know, they have they're like, I have a story. Heard so many people say I have a story and they'll come back to our table year after year. Some people all five years that we've been doing this and they're always like, oh, you know, and we, we tend to remember after a minute or so who you are. And we're like, oh, yeah, didn't you have a story you were going to do? Why are you at a table? I'm like, oh, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, you know. Fuck the all you know. Just yeah. fucking do it, you know? And I know that's maybe, for some people, easier said than done. <laughs> I, Sebastian, like, the, this trio is very fortunate because we have two we're artists lucky. among us. Yeah, that's, we're lucky. Two artists and three writers among us. So, I mean, we have, like, kind of an embarrassment of riches. Not to say that, like, I'm the best artist in the world, but, like, I'm capable. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, we have, yeah, so we, we're able to do literally everything for this book. But, like I said, the internet, it's a much smaller world than it was, you know, uh, even five years ago. So go out there, find people to help you realize your, your dream and your vision. I agree. I would say too, to that, uh, conventions are a really great place and conventions. Now yeah. they're spread out, you know, especially we're in the SoCal area. There are tons of conventions here. There's mm -hmm. Stanley's comic, you know, there's like so many conventions yeah. to go to. You can buy a day pass on Groupon. Um, they're nationwide, depending on where your listeners are. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Uh, if you look them up, they're a really great way for artists and writers to connect especially if they spend some time in Artist Alley. You're going to meet people that are there just as artists. You're going to meet people that are there just as writers looking for artists. So it's a good way to go and, um, you know, watch panels and meet people and talk to people and mm -hmm. collaborate that way. And we've met a lot of good friends through the uh, yeah. through conventions who are artists and writers. And for sure. Stay with them. We met a friend who you might be you might be collaborating with on a yeah. future project. His name is 
Jared Sams, he's an amazing artist. Super good. Great artist and super just nice, cool guy. Awesome dude. And like, I hope we can end up collaborating together. But yeah, it's like I have a story and I don't feel like drawing it. (laughs) And honestly, it's a story that I feel like I'm not up to the task. I don't, I'm not good enough to do it. So I was like, let me give somebody who's, no, no, it's fine. In the mainstream universe. And the mainframe. Mainframe, sorry. No, no, this is not a mainframe comic. I don't know what, I don't know what this would be. I told you we'd get back to it. Oh, yeah, we did it. You you brought us back. I'm gonna have to send you some uh, PDFs of old mainframe comics <laughs> so you can see that insanity. Um, yay! Uh, thank you guys for doing the show. Uh, thank you. Where can people find this comic book? And mm. you guys, if you want to plug your socials, you can do that too. Sure. Uh, well, you can find uh, we have penguinsversuspossums.com. We also have fanbasepress.com. Um, cool. Yes. Cool. Yes. Fan- <laughs> they just rebranded about a year ago or so. Um, but yeah, fanbasepress.com. Uh, they have a store there where you can buy it. You can also check out their other books. They've got a uh, Kinsey is coming up. Obviously, they they're also publishing Kinsey, so definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. But they have a ton of good books uh, on there. Um, we're on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, Penguins vs Possums. Uh, we're on Instagram at PVP Comic. Uh, Twitter as well. Um, yeah, yeah, that's where yeah. Yeah. Oh, comicsology. Oh, yes, oh, yeah. Comicsology. And you can even find us on Amazon, actually. We're oh, on Amazon. Nice. Yeah. And, and in local comic book stores. Yeah, local it? comic book stores. Uh, Meltdown, uh, Earth 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emerald yeah. Knights. Emerald Knights. Mm-hmm. As, as Lindsay said, uh, the it's penguinsvspossums.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. the same on Facebook. And then, yeah, like she was saying about the conventions, we're at a lot of them. Um, and if you can't find us, our publisher's fan base press is pretty much going to definitely be there. Yeah. Uh, we've got Long Beach Comic Con coming up, um, not this upcoming weekend, but the next weekend, September 2nd and 3rd. And you can find fan base press there. Go check them out and buy some stuff. We'll see if this gets out by that time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we can cut that. Well, oh, I was just curious. Have you guys seen Power Rangers? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like my high school coach used to say, you're not on the team, Sebastian. <laughs> Go home. (laughs) Yay. Thank you guys so much for doing this. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. I love them. So, yeah, go check out Penguins vs. Possums. It's a cute comic book, and it deals with some heavy shit, too. (laughs) All right, so I will have all the links to all their stuff on the website in the show notes. You can find it all there. Yay. All right. So now it is time for my recommendations. Okay. So it's been a long two weeks and I've done a lot of stuff that I want to talk about, but I, you know, limited time. It's already over an hour and 20 minutes and I need to get this thing out there. Um, all right. So here, here are my recommendations. I'm sorry that I don't have a pop filter on this mic. You guys, I'm at the control station, uh, which is what this mic is called. We have this table with, with mics set up all over the place, but the screen is in front of the mic that does not have a pop filter. So that's why I'm always like, pop, pop, pop. (laughs) Sorry, that probably annoyed you. Anyway, let's get to the recommendations. Um, All right, so my first recommendation, it has to, has to, has to, has to be, if you guys don't know this about me, I absolutely love horror films. I love, love, love horror movies. I don't care how quote unquote bad they are. I don't care how campy they are. I don't care. I love horror movies. I just, I love them all. Um, So anyway, recommendation, not that this is a bad one because it's really good, is It. Now, I have been reading the book and 
God damn it, is it long. It is, you know, with the epilogue and everything included, it is nearly 1,500 pages. I heard Stephen King was on meth when he wrote this, and god damn, does he not want to leave out any details whatsoever about any character we come across. Like, we have to know the backstory of every single character, no matter who they are, no matter how important they are to the story. We need to get their backstory, and we need to know everything about them. Okay, I'm sorry. I've just been... It's been like six months of me reading this book i finally just got the freaking audio version and i was like fuck it i'm gonna listen to this audiobook and i honestly can't stand the narrator um it, uh, anyway <laughs> that's not what we're talking about we're talking about the actual movie which i absolutely loved i love the children i i mean in like my real personal life i am not into kids like i just can't stand them but in this movie the kids are so good they're all so good their their chemistry with each other is so good and i absolutely loved it um i feel like i don't know it was great i i loved it it's it wasn't all that scary to me um but i i I just enjoyed it. It had so much emotion in it and it was just so good. Um, funny film, lots and lots of emotions. I cried a couple times, but that's what I do because I'm a crybaby. I do it. Um, yeah, so that's my first recommendation. My second recommendation is the movie The Big Sick, which I didn't even realize was out on video. Well, it, I guess, tech, I mean, it is and it isn't. But anyway, you can get it on Amazon because they're the ones who who uh, produced it or... Uh, um, I don't know what you call, um, I, I, you should know this stuff, but anyway, they made it <laughs> the, the studio that distributed it. There you go. They distributed it. Um, uh, anyway, it's on Amazon right now. You can't rent it for whatever reason. Maybe at this point you can, but, uh, when I was watching it, you couldn't rent it. You could only buy it. Uh, so we, uh, went through back doors. Um, so anyway, I <laughs> watched the big sick and I really enjoyed it. It's like a, such a different kind of, of romantic comedy because the romance happens all up, or at least the romance between the two of them interacting with each other happens all up front and then it's just Camille Nanjiani and her parents dealing with the situation that they're put in and uh it, it's great it's really sweet it's a sweet sweet movie um I've never been into Camille Nanjiani like I think he's fine I used to listen to his podcast when he had it with his wife Emily um but this movie definitely like he's very endearing and i really enjoyed him in it um it's it's a very cute movie another one of those like kind of emotion jerk movies uh so that's another one i will recommend and then back to the nerd stuff um destiny 2 came out like two weeks ago and i've been playing that and i am trying to get over my fear of playing multiplayer online stuff because i am at the point of the game where you have to play with people online i mean you don't have to have to but they strongly recommend that you get a team of 3 and and you know go through these uh, certain missions and me i have a crippling fear of playing online with people because i don't want them to yell at me because i'm not that great i'm one of those frantic shooters like the f PS first person shooters. I I don't know how to steady a gun. I am shooting every which way. Like one out of ten bullets will hit the target. <laughs> I am not good, but I do enjoy playing them. So that's my second recommendation. If you can get that, um, if you can get any of those things, if you can watch or get to any of those things, like those are the recommendations that I have because they're fun stuff that I love. So that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of 
interview with a comic book nerd. That's this show. Yeah. Um, the last thing that I will say, well, one of the last things I'll say is please watch the show, the episodes, the web series that I'm going to be putting out starting on Monday, September 25th. Uh, I, like I said before, I've been working really hard on this web series and hopefully that comes across. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you love movies, if you love people recapping movies, uh, in, you know, maybe not the best way, <laughs> this is the show for you. And then we have a lot of delicious cocktails that we teach you guys how to make. So that's another perk to this web series. So yeah, cocktail movie recap. That's what it's called. And that's it for this week. I will see you guys in another two weeks where I have another great interview with another great person about another great character from comic books. Yeah. All right, everyone. That's it. Be good to one another. Be kind. Stay lovely. I will see you next time. Bye. You're killing me, Larry. Yes! <laughs> <laughs>